Hello, everyone, and welcome into another Inside Nebraska Volleyball preview. I am the Nebraska Volleyball staff writer for Inside Nebraska, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you once again for joining me here today. And I'm a special guest. Uh, it is a dig at Nittany uh, Penn State beat writer, Ethan Casales. Ethan, thank you so much for joining me all the way out in Pennsylvania. I appreciate you taking the time to talk some volleyball with me. Of course. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for the opportunity, Jeff. Appreciate it. So you can kind of give a kind of a quick background about yourself, how you got into volleyball and how you got covering Penn State specifically. Right. So uh, I went to Penn State, graduated in fall 2018, uh, covered the team for a couple seasons while I was in school and then had the opportunity to stay on with another gig and keep covering the team. So I've been with Dignity Volleyball the past three seasons uh, and it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, it's been really a, a great time covering the team, going to all the matches. So, Awesome. Well, I mean, you've had plenty to cover in your uh, time uh, over there covering Penn State. Of course, uh, Russ Rose retiring after last season. Let's start right there. This is a team coming off a pretty decent year, lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament for the second year in a row. But of course, Russ Rose uh, retiring after 43 seasons, the unbelievable legendary career, all-time wins leader. What kind of transition did this program go through? It's one of the more, it's not a rebuilding job, but it's just, it's a reboosting, I guess. Right. So it wasn't a huge transition with uh, Katie Schumacher Colley playing at the university, being under Russ Rose the last four seasons as his assistant coach, or one of his assistant coaches, rather. Um, so it was pretty, uh, pretty seamless transition, it seemed. Um, a lot of the players, I mean, all the players on social media were very complimentary of the hire. And right from the get go, you could kind of tell that they were bought in and sold on Katie's vision for the program moving forward. And the assistant coaches, uh, Dan Gwitt from Indiana was a really great hire. He's a, a great recruiter. Um, and then Brian Torin was promoted from director of operations to an assistant coach. So it was pretty much a seamless transition, I would say. And yet there were still, uh, they kept nine players, uh, 11 transferred out. And so uh, was that kind of expected moves, everyone that transferred out, or were there a couple of more surprising decisions there? Yeah, I would say there's a few surprises, um, a lot of turnover. I don't know if we've seen that quite that much turnover from season to season in the last few years, at least since I've been covering the team. Um, but some of them made sense for playing time purposes, wanted more opportunities to get on the court. Um, and that's to be expected. But I think a lot of the uh, newcomers that the program brought in have really been making a big difference. A lot of them are playing significant time, if not starting. So um, a lot of turnover. But I would say the, uh, the returners have helped the newcomers along. And it's been, uh, it's been pretty solid fun to watch so far. Of course, Caitlin Horde, uh, Nebraska middle blocker, being one of those biggest transfers from Penn State. But let's talk about the newcomers, Ethan. Uh, eight of them to make up uh, the 17-person roster. Kind of take me down that list of newcomers who've made their early impact so far uh, this season. Right. So I'd say the first one that comes to mind is uh, Salesa Elisaya, the setter. Um, she's really well-rounded, plays great defense. I believe she's second on the team right now with 130 some digs um, really good blocker. I would say for sure she's a better blocker than Gabby Blossom. Um, so I would say Penn state's blocking is probably the strength of its team right now. Um, hasn't been great the last couple matches, but in general, 
Um, they've been kind of in the top five, top 10 and blocks per set so far this season in general. So um, definitely it would start with her. Um, Taylor Trammell, another uh, impressive middle blocker. She was inserted right into the starting lineup alongside Allie Holland. Um, real consistent, nice, nice blocker. Could still kind of work on some things to work on those finesse shots and hit around the block. Um, but coach, coach uh, Schumacher Kali has said she's been really improving that in practice and Let's see. Zoe Weatherington has also made a big impact at right side um, from Utah. Very strong hitter. Uh, when she connects with the ball, it really makes a dent in the floor sometimes. Um, who else? Let's see here. Um, Cash Williams at outside hitter has been starting the last couple matches. She was kind of coming off the bench to start the season. But uh, like like uh, Weatherington, very strong hitter. Um, can really uh, do some nice things. Isn't the best passer. Um, Coach Katie's kind of talked about how she wants Zoe and Cash to work a little bit on their passing. So that's why you'll see some of the DSs come in for them uh, throughout the match. But both are real impressive. Williams, especially the last few matches, has been leading the team in kills and uh, really impressive starting to come on and gain confidence here. Yeah, it seemed like the outside hitter spots were an emphasis in terms of the newcomers and one spot where I found interesting was Allie Holland. She played at behind last season, second middle blocker behind Caitlin Hoard, and she stepped into that main middle blocker spot. How has she handled that load, and what do they – obviously the block has been good this year. Has she really uh, stepped into the role left behind by uh, Hoard? Yeah, she's been very consistent. Um, nice energy on the court really brings the team up. I would say her and Maddie Bilinovic are really the vocal leaders out there on the court, setting the tone with their celebrations and – getting their teammates up and ready. Um, but Holland's real efficient. One of the most efficient uh, middles as far as hitting percentage goes in the conference and another very strong blocker like Trammell. So I would say she's really stepped into that role nicely this season. Well, yeah, it's interesting because it's a nice combination of newcomers, but you also have some people on the roster who've stepped into bigger roles. Maddie Belinovich, I think, is one of those. Uh, last season, Penn State lost uh, their starting libero, I believe, uh, Jenna Hampton, if that's uh, correct, Ethan. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Maddie stepped into that role this season. How has she handled that as well? Because, I mean, those are two, Allie and Maddie are two players. They've stepped into pretty good roles, and they've kind of they've done pretty well this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Maddie, real great vocal leader. Um, you can definitely tell her presence on the court. Um, struggles a little bit at times to uh, be consistent with her passes. And when that kind of breaks down, it makes it tough for, uh, for Lisa to kind of distribute the ball all over the court. But in general, very strong player, good server, one of the better servers on the team. Um, and yeah, really sets the tone in the locker room. She's kind of the one people really rally around out there on the court, look for leadership that kind of thing. Um, it was interesting. Coach Schumacher Colley didn't name a captain this season. Um, so she's kind of going with the whole 17 player mentality, everyone contributing. And for the most part, everyone's really been going pretty deep on the bench, maybe not for match to match, but we've seen everyone get in at least uh, for a couple sets here um, so far this season. So that's been cool to see. Well, let's jump into what's happened uh, so far this season for Penn State, Ethan. It's got off to a scorching start, 12-0, and including a couple of big wins over Stanford and Oregon. What went so right in that early season stretch? Yeah, I would say that the fact that they kind of they were able to work out the scheduling a bit so they didn't have the toughest slate was, was really impressive and, and good to gain confidence for the team. Um, so that was nice to kind of see them get on that role, build some camaraderie, especially with the newcomers, like you said. 
um, but didn't really get tested too much until they went out to uh, Minnesota for the Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge. And uh, that was really impressive to see them take those two sets against Stanford and Oregon, and or two matches rather, in five sets. Um, and that was a little unexpected. I think you maybe could have assumed that they would have win uh, one of those, but to take both was really uh, a nice shot of confidence for, for them, for sure. Then you get started in conference play, and that's where it's been kind of a little bit up and down. You had the Michigan. You had those two back-to-back -back sweeps um, on September 24th against Michigan, then a week later at Wisconsin. Now both are good opponents. Wisconsin, I think, is rated number five now. Michigan just unranked, and Nebraska just beat them recently. What Did Penn State just get jabbed in the mouth and didn't know how to react? What happened there? Because it'd be understandable if there was two straight sweeps back-to-back -back, maybe on one single weekend, but this was like a week apart for them to try and adjust. What happened in those two games? Yeah, I would say the Michigan one was a little more surprising. I don't know if they were a little too confident in themselves and were really hyped up on the 11-0 start or what exactly happened. or if it, I mean, honestly, it was just a really good coaching job by Michigan in that match. Um, it seemed when Penn State kind of had some things break down, Michigan always had an answer and Merzik, Jess Merzik had a great match. Um, Pertovsky as well. She was really dangerous from the service line. So I think Michigan just did a good job kind of exploiting some of Penn State's weaknesses. Um, Wisconsin, another one, just kind of struggled with some slow starts lately. That's kind of been a theme the last few matches is just starting slow in that first set and having a hard time really building that connection between the setter and the hitters. Um, but like, as you saw against Ohio State, they were able to kind of really turn it on in that third set, um, go on a nice little run, a little comeback and, and force five, but just couldn't quite pull it off at the end there. Of course, you have Ohio State being that other uh, third Big Ten loss, but they got back on uh, track with a sweep over Illinois on this past Sunday. Um, now they head into Nebraska this Friday. Big rivalry, one of the biggest, if not the biggest in college volleyball. What's the kind of what's the vibe around the team right now, Ethan, as they prepare for this road trip? Because, I mean, they're traveling halfway across the country into a hostile environment like Devaney. Uh, a lot of veterans on the team, though, that handle the situation, environment like that. But what, what's kind of the message and vibe around the team right now as they head into Nebraska? Yeah, so we had a chance to talk to Coach uh, Schumacher-Kali yesterday, as well as uh, sophomore defensive specialist Cassie Kirschen. And they were really just preaching focus and practice, honing in on the fundamentals, watching a lot of film, um, that kind of thing. I mean, they don't seem to be too, too intimidated by the environment, which is obviously difficult to say, given how tough it is to play at Nebraska. But of course, Coach Katie did say she's talked to the newcomers about it. They've obviously seen film of what it's like to play in that environment. And I'm sure they're expecting quite a test from the Nebraska crowd. But it seems like they're confident and really focusing on the fundamentals. She talks about how they always focus on serving, passing every single day in practice, um, really making sure they're dialed in and, and ready to go. But it's going to be the toughest test for sure so far this season, I would say. Let's get into the nitty-gritty a little bit with this matchup. It should be a good one. Number 14, Penn State. Number three, Nebraska. On Friday, Penn State wins, beats Nebraska because blank. Hmm. Uh, I would say just uh... – passing if, if the team can really uh get some nice passes so that Lisa isn't running all over the court trying to track down the ball then they can really start to work the ball to the middle a little bit more than they have been able to 
Um, if Cash Williams has another strong match, that's going to be really important. I don't think Penn State can win unless she has at least 15, 16 kills. And they're going to need some others to be in double digits too, that's for sure. Um, so Zoe Weatherington kind of had a little bit of a, an ankle issue against Illinois. So hopefully it seems like she'll be back and ready to go, according to Coach Schumacher Colley. Um, but yeah, Angelina Stark, the sophomore outside, been impressive as a passer, but kind of hasn't been taking as many swings in recent matches. So they'll need her to get going. Um, Weatherington, uh, Alexa Markley, the freshman outside hitter, has really been coming on strong lately. So I would say really got to focus on getting that passing uh, up to snuff. Did Coach McCauley talk anything yesterday about how they're going to pass the block in back row of Nebraska? Because obviously the Huskers have the number one defense in the country. Are they worried about something there? Uh, did they say anything about what's their strategy going forward heading into Friday? Right. So she was really complimentary of Nebraska's offense and defense. Um, a lot of impressive players, strong, tall, tall players in the front row. And Penn State struggle a little bit hitting into the block lately. So that's going to be a, a real point of emphasis. Um, hasn't really been a strong suit being able to hit around the block. I would say Holland is probably the best at finessing and being able to, to find her spots. Um, but yeah, very complimentary of Nebraska. Coach Katie talked about how they're going to definitely be a very strong test for them, for sure. There you go. Friday night, Penn State and Nebraska. And before I let you go, Ethan, one more question. Big thing here, here in Lincoln has been Nebraska switching to this from the 5-1 to the 6-2 offense. What is uh, Penn State going to run? What are, what are people going to see on the floor Friday night in terms of the offensive system? Right. So just a, a traditional 5-1. Um, Lace Alley size on the court 99% of the time, I would say. She's played uh, the lion's share of the, the reps for sure for them. So there won't be much uh, rotation at that position, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's going to be a ton of subs. I would say you'll see for sure um, Villanovic at Libero. Jillian Grimes has been a big contributor as a freshman at defensive specialist. Cassie Kirshen, like I mentioned. Um, Mandy Morioka, freshman from California, has been getting in here and there and doing some nice things. So I think you'll, you might see Katie Clark a little bit, the uh, transfer from TCU a couple seasons ago. She came in at right side when Zoe went out against Illinois and did some really nice things. So um, probably won't see a ton of substitutions, but definitely those DSs will be rotating in for uh, Weatherington, Williams, those kinds of players. Well, there you go. No offensive system drama at Penn State. Uh, they come into Lincoln on Friday. That match at 7.30 on the Big Ten Network. Ethan Casales from DigNittanyVolleyball.com. Make sure to check it out. Ethan, thank you so much for joining me here today. Of course. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Hope you have fun at the match. Thank you so much, Ethan. 7.30, first serve on Big Ten Network. I've been your host, Jeff Extra. Make sure to check out InsideNebraska.com for the preview of this match on Friday. Then, of course, Nebraska plays Northwestern on the following Sunday. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, and we'll talk to you later.